Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. Happy Father's Day to all the dads in the room and those that are joining with us online. We, we pray that's a really great day uh, for you. Well, today we have the opportunity to kind of sit together and to learn together as we kind of explore faith, family, and uh, manhood. So we've gathered two lads from our community to be part of the conversation, a bit of a campfire conversation, as you can see what's going on here. I don't know about you, but uh, when I go camping and I have conversations with other people around the fire, you can have some pretty open, honest conversations. You tell stories, you share experiences together. And that's what we're hoping to create today, a bit of a campfire conversation with these two guys. And my invitation for all of us today uh, is, to, is to lean in, to open our heart, to open our mind to what God might want to speak to us about. So we've got Martin Wilson and Lindsay Saul on the panel today. Would you put your hands together for them? Make them feel warm. Got the puffer jacket on, so you're, you are in true camping form right now, Marty. I like uh, camping, camping in winter. I, like I tell you, it's, it's the go-to. Camping in summer is... Um, a bit more testing uh, along the way. Like I have one camping trip where we were camping on the Murray, which is so hot um, that I got up at like 6 a.m. and then moved my pillow down to the riverbank and then just submerged half my body in water and went back to sleep just to try and cope with the heat that was kind of going on. So, hey, the things that you do uh, when you're camping. So while we're talking about camping, actually, let's talk about like go-to destinations, places or a place that's been a standout for you. What about, let's start with you, Lindsay, camping spots. Yeah, you know, there's been a couple of trips in the outback trips with mates and that sort of thing, but I can't promise you the conversation was too profound. You know, so, a lot so of probably lies. more colourful. Yeah, a lot of lies, <laughs> a lot of exaggerations and a lot of competitiveness, <laughs> I sort of found. And then there was always the opportunity to take the kids away, you know, as they're growing up. And I used to like, you know, we, we went to the Kaipo Forest and the area around there, so that was always a, a good place to go for me. Yeah. Great. Marty, what about for yourself? Yeah, we just got back from uh, the Northern Territory with some beautiful spots up there, but a uh, regular go-to is uh, Lake Bonnie uh, Barmer in the Riverland. That's, uh, that's a pretty good spot. Yep. So, yep, that's, that's my go-to. Yeah, go-to for me would be a place called Wilson's Prom in Victoria. Great, great beaches. You've got to hike to the beaches, though, so it feels like I earned it to get there. You know, the, the white sand, the crystal blue water, like some pretty good spots uh, along the way. Well, it would be great to get to know you a little bit more before we, you know, start talking about uh, faith and maybe moments that have uh, shaped us. So, um, Marty, tell us a little bit more about you. What do you do with yourself during the week? Yeah, um, so I'm Marty. Uh, I'm married to Susie. She uh, she's up here every now and again leading uh, worship. Uh, we've got three boys: uh, Henry, he's three; Rogers, five; and Maxwell's seven. Um, and uh, outside of uh, family, I um, manage the food and beverage for the Oval Hotel. And then on a event there at the Adelaide Oval, I manage the Eastern Stand. So uh, hospitality is my my gig. Yeah, great. So good. What about for yourself, Lindsay? Yeah. Um I'm uh, been married uh, to Leslie. I'm just thinking because I've got to get this right. Uh, it's, it's dangerous when it's you start getting numbers involved, I'm isn't just it? Thinking. She may be watching online, so I better get this right. <laughs> 53 years. It'll be in November this Come year, on. so it's uh, yeah. Put your hands so. together. 53 years. How good's that? Yeah. Um, and we have a. You know, I'm retired, so. 
you know, I, uh, I can't tell you what I sort of do day by day or week by week. It just seems to be that I seem to be able to keep fairly busy. I've got a relatively large family, so I've got uh, three children and their partners who are established in their life and six grandchildren and, uh, and, a, and a good extended family, and that seems to keep me busy. And uh, I like volunteering. You know, since I retired, um, I find volunteering quite interesting because it, it keeps you in contact with people and it sort of lets you... You know, it gives you the opportunity to contribute in some small way. So. Yeah, so tell us a little bit more about volunteering. What are some of those spots that you have been well, volunteering? Well, I was uh, into uh, Lifeline when I first retired. So um, I started off as a volunteer there. And uh, I started off actually as uh, once a fortnight. And then I graduated into becoming a voluntary supervisor. And then I graduated into becoming nearly a full-time supervisor. So after five years, I thought... It's getting to be a little bit beyond volunteering. I thought I'd better pedal back a little bit. So, and then I became involved in um, in uh, uh, an executive for a sporting club and a committee uh, for a number of years. And then here at Clovercrest has been an opportunity to get involved in Alpha and that sort of thing, which is always always a pleasure. Mm. So good. So Marty, tell us a little bit about your faith story. How did you come to faith? Yeah. Um, so um, as a kid. I uh, went to church uh, on a Sunday night, played basketball with the church team, um, went to youth group uh, and did a Bible study. So from you know, up until the age of 18, um, from, from the years 18 to sort of 32, um, the faith wasn't part of my life at all. Um, I, I got a job um, in hospitality. Um, the Sunday rate was pretty good. Um, so that led me away to going to church, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, it's not like it was on the shelf. It just wasn't there. Um, I, you know, I, I got into all sorts of things, uh, drugs, alcohol, um, a lot of relationships as well. Um, and it just wasn't part of my life. I started to travel a lot. Um, and, yeah, in, in my life, so it just wasn't there. Um, but sort of, you know, a good four, four years ago, um, we, uh, uh, I came to a point in my life where I had to start telling some honest truths. Um, and that started with uh, telling my, my wife, Suze, what had been going on. Um, and that extended to uh, her family and, and my family. Um, I just really felt the need that I needed to, to share uh, with them um, what had happened um, and, and what I was going to do about it. What about you, Lindsay? Tell us a bit more about your faith story. Yeah, I've, I'm sort of came to faith much later in my life. I sort of, uh, I think I always had a, a, a sense of something greater than ourselves, but it's not something I can say that I ever stepped out in faith. You know, I never made a commitment or went to church, for example. But there were always people that sort of stimulated your thinking, that you came in contact with, and uh, and some very good people, as a matter of fact, and some very people that you respect, uh, very uh, very open about their faith, and sort of you can't help but be affected by that in your life. But, you know, as I look back, it's something that, uh, with some regret now, that I never actually committed much earlier than I did, because it wasn't until I retired that uh, I decided to make some sense of my beliefs. And uh, I started what I'd call my private study period, um, I did basically a lot of reading and talking to people I knew. And uh, it wasn't obsessive, but it was consistent over a three-year period. But I got to the stage where I suddenly realised while the reading was helpful, it wasn't the be-all and end-all and that you can't find faith in books. Mm. And that's about that time I received... I uh, was led here to Alpha at Clovercrest through an invitation from uh, an extended family member of mine who attends the church here. 
And then from Alpha, it was into the church here at Clovercrest where I've continued my faith journey until, you know, the present day and beyond, hopefully, for a few more years yet. Yeah, come on. So, Marty, looking like, you know, we've had a little bit of your story there, looking a bit more into your life, has there been like a, like a key moment that has really stood out to you? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, during that, that journey of being honest, um, there's a, a, a key day where uh, um, we, we were going to buy a house. Uh, we've been looking for a long time. And uh, my, uh, um, uh, a day came of auction, and my father-in-law shared a, um, a, a Bible verse with me, which was from Hebrews 11.15. Um, um, it basically just says about starting afresh, moving on uh, to a new place. And um, we had been looking for a long time. For, for a house, um, finally found our dream house, and uh, at the time that that verse was just more about to confirm uh, or affirm what we were doing, and it was a good thing. Um, later later on um, through the weeks, uh, the verses beneath it became a bit more um, revealing to to what was going on in my actual life about uh, leading a uh, enjoying the the worldly delights, uh, for example. Um, but it came to this auction day, and on that day, I was giving three very clear signs. One was from my father-in-law. Uh, one was from my uh, brother-in-law, who sent a message to my uh, a text message to my wife. There was, was about a card, two chameleons. The one behind the other said, uh, "Susie, I can change my stripes." Um, and the other was a conversation I had with my uh, sister, uh, and just a story that she'd shared about a family and a close friend of hers. Um, so we went through the auction, that was fine, and um, uh, that night uh, my body was set on fire. <laughs> you know, just this hot sensation in my heart. Uh, my throat got really, you know, big and enlarged, and I'd been praying for a long time. I, I wanted to make a change. Um, I wasn't sure what direction it was going to go, and I didn't know what would happen uh, with the kids or the family, um, but I just said, look, whatever, whatever needs to happen, just help me. Um, so I uh, confessed to Susie what, what I've been doing for all these years. Um, and, and that very night, um, she made the decision to uh, forgive me and to journey with me. Um, and I made a lot of changes, obviously. Um, but uh, that was sort of one of the major moments where, you know, um, it came to me. Through the next sort of six to 12 months, there's a lot of hurt, um, a lot of changes, as I said. Um, but it came down to one specific night I'd been praying for a very long time on to, to cure something very specific. Um, praying, praying, praying. Um, and I just came to a point where I just broke. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was done. And I got on my knees. And, and for the first time in a long time, Sue's prayed with me as well. I prayed um, that whatever will be, will be. Um, if this is what I have to live with, then so be it. Just as long as I get to know a bit more about you, I get to have a relationship with you. Um, I can deal with all the other stuff. Um, and then that night specifically, Sue's prayed for my, uh, my addiction. Um, that, that mor the next morning, I wake up, um, and the, the first thing that I felt straight away was a, a change. Um, so I opened my eyes, and I grabbed Susan's arm, and I said, Sue, something's, something's, something's wrong. <laughs> something's weird. Um, and it wasn't until uh, about four days later that I knew that, that addiction had completely gone. And since that moment, you were saying it was around like four years ago, what's that been since then? Yeah, I mean, life-changing. So, you know, um, to be able to share with my, my family and the people that it most affected and most hurt just lifted a huge burden off my shoulders. Um, I've since been baptised. Um, I've been able to share with a few mates um, who, who have 
have struggles as well. Um, but it's just a complete lifestyle change. You know, I was, I was here on a Sunday, um, and then sort of Monday to Friday, I was living my own life. Um, I'm more connected with my family. I'm more, more present with my, my three younger boys. Um, yeah. Yeah, and how easy is it to be like one person in one environment to be someone completely different in another? Um, and it's easy to just get caught in the habit of this is just how I do life, this is how I do everyday things. So the fact that it kind of, kind of came to a head and when it came to a head, the person that you turned to the most was God in that time, uh, I think is awesome. Lindsay, what about for you? What's been like a key moment that has uh, shaped you? Yeah, as I said, I, I came to faith later in life and I must admit that uh, when I started to come to the church here, I, I really struggled and um, I came asking questions and seeking answers and uh, I could not quite get the answers that seemed to satisfy me. And uh, look, I, tr I tried hard, I really got involved and, uh, you know, but there always seemed to be something I wasn't getting and there seemed to be something missing. It was uh, one day that a friend here in church asked me the question. She said, Lindsay, does your faith come from your head or your heart? Of course, I protested, you know, vehemently at the time. Of course, it comes from my heart. And, uh, but I gave the question some thought for some time afterwards. And I came to the realisation that what I'd been doing is putting the cart before the horse. That the, that the uh, essence, the heart of the Christian faith is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And it's within the context of that relationship that's, that's where we question and that's where we grow and develop as Christians. And, and that realisation, you know, was one of those moments where it was uh, um, um, a turning point for me. I made a surrender, a recommitment and a surrender to God and the relationship with him. And from that moment on, it was a significant part of my faith journey and changed my life in many ways. I, I went from understanding the Christian faith, I think, in an academic point of view, to actually living the truths of the Christian faith in a in a day-to-day -day sense. You know, it led to my baptism here at church. It made the Bible much more easier to read and much more relevant for me. And it made the church here come alive and much more relevant, you know, for, as a place of uh, worship, as a place of fellowship, and a place of learning and a place to serve others. And, uh, you know, um, on reflection, it's, uh, it's a point in my life where we should come to uh, much earlier here in the process. So it's been quite rewarding since. Yeah, and I think that question that you got posed is actually a great question for us too. Is your faith from your head or is it from your heart? Is faith just about academics or is it actually changing the way that you live your life? Yeah, very much so because it was a... It was a question which, uh, you know, just really, it was timely and uh, the, the, the way it came out and I'll just say that just listening to Marty too, that, that what we begin to understand is when it becomes review, uh, it becomes real in your life, I'm just impressed by the, the things that Marty's talking about is that that change from inside out, that, that love that comes out of it and the, and the realness comes out of it is a quite significant event in your life or in my life and certainly that time of surrender was one of those. Mm. Yeah and especially when we get asked that question you, you can just do the default answer, yeah of course like you know you just want to say the right thing like tick the box but when you actually sit and you dwell and you're really honest with yourself that's when I think the real answer is. Yeah exactly I agree and it, it's the, one of the the little mantras I take with me if, if ever I feel I'm, I'm straying somewhat is, is that little knock on the head is just be real, be real, be real in faith, yeah. So good. So looking at this moment, Marty, you have this auction, this house that you're going for, this key moment. What did you learn or where did you see God at work? 
Yeah, I mean, <coughs> basically, um, he was just able to give me the strength. Um, I, I was praying a lot. Um, and, you know, I was praying for something specific. <coughs> but he was able to give me the strength to sort of um, trust him and let go. Um, and for me to be able to um, trust that um, it would be okay um, was hard <laughs> to let go, completely let go. Um, but the biggest thing there was, was prayer. Um, you know, God heals all, and, and I was praying specifically for, for something, and you know, prayer is so powerful. And if you, if you keep on praying for something and you feel like it's not getting anywhere, I just encourage you to share, share with people. You don't have to share with everyone. Um, but just share because sometimes you know, that opens up conversations about different directions. And you know, it wasn't until I realized that you know, I, was, I was praying for the wrong thing. <laughs> um, and quite often I think we can do that. But prayer is so powerful. And, and I really want to encourage people to, to share whether yeah, your problem's big or small. Um, we live in a community, and whether it's your brothers, your sisters, or uh, you know, brothers or sisters at church, um, I think it's really imp important, not just for accountability, but just to be able to, to speak it out. Yeah. And, and God will show you the way. It might take a while, yeah. uh, and it might want to happen this year, next year, or next week. But um, it, it will happen, and it's in his time. And um, I think the thing for me, he, you know, he didn't just want to heal my addiction on the spot. He could have done it easy. But he wanted me to come to him and, and to want him. And, and that's what's, what's happened out of it. And uh, it was in his timing that that happened. Yeah, I just love what you're saying there around how powerful prayer is. And I think one of the dangers for us is that we give up too quickly. Like we kind of, we pray asking for instant results, but knowing that sometimes stuff happens over time. And scripture talks around like praying without ceasing. So this aspect of you continue to pray. It's not like tick the box, I've done for the day. It's this ongoing process of continuing to petition, to continue to put uh, in front and before God. What about for you, uh, Lindsay? Where do you see God at work? Yeah, I, like I think as I reflect back, you know, um, on my life, I, I think, uh, in fact, God was always present, you know. I, I, there's so many things that you look back on, so many inspirations that come to you, so many times when you're in, in a bit of being challenged that that sort of peace comes and uh, some answers and things resolve themselves. So I think there's always been a present. I just think, you know, a lot of ways I was just too foolish, really, to acknowledge it and step out on it, to be quite frank. But certainly since I made my commitment and uh, started that study period, uh, it almost seemed like I was being led on a journey. And I always call it, uh, you know, there seemed to be a series of coincidences, if you like, which always seemed to lead logically to the next step. And certainly since I made that commitment and that surrender, uh, I'm learning to sort of get out of the driver's seat, to trust God and to be real in the faith. And with God's help and God's guidance, I think I'm starting to get better at that. So it's a continual process and uh, day by day. And uh, with God's help, we, 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 it's a never-ending journey and we're getting better every day. And as part of your story, your experiences, were there any scriptures that really stood out to you? Yeah, I, I, I think, as I said before, the, the Bible, you know, came more easy to read and more, into, you know, think. and I think as you read it, there's always uh, scripture and verse which uh, stands out for you and finds inspirational, you find, you know, inspirational. But um, one thing, one part of scripture that always had meaning for me was uh, Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. 
and it refers to an invitation in my mind from Jesus during the Sermon of the Mount where he refers to in verse 7, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And it seemed to illustrate me, to, to me how simple and easy it is at times just for us to knock on the door, uh, ask for forgiveness and then uh, invite God's grace into our lives. And, and it's, they're powerful words, I think, which have the ability to change lives for the better, no matter what our personal circumstances. Because sometimes I think we also make it a little bit more complicated than what it should be, and that was the truth for me as I led up to that moment of surrender. Um, it's not as hard as it seems. You know, it can be quite simple. Yeah, great. What about for you, Marty? Like you've made reference to Hebrews already. Do you want to flesh that out a little bit more around the significance for you? Yeah, just, I mean, um, just encouraging um, me to sort of um, look into the Word a little bit more um, when um, Graham shared that scripture with me. Um, <clears throat> what it represented a week later was, you know, me really needing to, to start afresh. You know, uh, we had an opportunity to, to start afresh in a new location. Um, but what that meant for me was obviously to, um, you know, start a fresh relationship with him, um, and it came through in the King Henry version originally, so it was a bit, <laughs> it's a bit cryptic. <laughs> Perfect when you've got a son <laughs> yeah. called Henry. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think I think just for me, just keep praying. Right, so good. So as we wrap up our time uh, together, is there anything you want to encourage us in, uh, Lindsay, as we wrap up? Um, yeah, now I've got to be careful here because I don't want to put myself forward as a perfect Christian, you know, because I, I still think I've got a lot to learn. But one of the things I've, I've come to understand is that it's okay to ask questions about Christianity, you know. It, it, it's okay to have doubts about religion generally. And matter of fact, I think it's incumbent on us all at times to ask the questions and challenge issues if we think it's necessary because, you know, that's the way we seem to learn and develop. But one thing we should never doubt is God's present and his love for us in every second of our lives. And in that sense, I, I feel very blessed. I love what you say there. There's, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. Like doubt is actually not bad. Uh, I remember uh, reading this quote from Cara Powell uh, from Fuller Youth Institute. She says, this doubt is not toxic to faith, silence is. And uh, sometimes there's healthy amounts of doubt that actually move us closer towards Jesus. And uh, I just love what you said there. What about for you, Marty? What would you love to encourage us in as we wrap up? Yeah, just to be honest with yourself, uh, you know, have have the courage to trust someone. And it might be a spouse, it might be a friend. Um, you need to tell someone. You need to talk. Um, and that's that's really hard first step. And you can take a couple of steps. Um, the weight that's going to be lifted off your shoulders will be amazing. Um, God is so gracious and so forgiving. Um, you'll find that people who are close to you will forgive you as well. Um, and, you know, you might not have made the biggest mistake, but uh, the sooner you can talk about it and talk about your stresses and struggles as men too. We sometimes we bottle it up and keep it in. Um, but it really, to have that fluent conversation with God, and it doesn't matter if you feel like you're continually asking for this, for that, for this, for God. He just wants you to to talk to him and there might be a season of your life where you're able to pray for others more um, but if you find yourself in a time that you just need to keep on praying and asking that's okay there's, there's nothing wrong with that so good. 
Would you put your hands together and thank our panelists today?